You have just made the best decision of your day by choosing to listen to the Holistic Bitches Unfiltered Podcast with me, Leslie Rubinoff, the OG Holistic Bitch. You're guaranteed to laugh, have a what the fuck moment, and truly be inspired to change small things in your life that will have you reaping the rewards of living a truly holistic life, mind, body, and soul. Welcome back to the Holistic Bitches Unfiltered. I am your host, Leslie Rubinoff, the OG Holistic Bitch. And today, my friends, we are talking about coffee enemas. Yep, that's what I said. Coffee in the ass. That's the gig. That's what's going down today. It's one of the most healing modalities. It's undermined. It's under talked about. There's too much. People don't get it. Um, I've been teaching it now for, I think, at least six years, and it's something that um, it was mentioned in my program at school, and then it was mentioned to me a couple years after, and then it became a practice of mine that I've shared with so many people, and I mean, the first thing upon hearing that is like, are you fucking crazy? You want me to stick coffee in your ass? Let me just drink that shit. And I'm like, "Mm, yeah, no, totally different. But yes, I do. And I'm not talking about Folgers in your fucking cup or your butt. I'm talking about the real deal coffee enemas and we're going to get into it. And I'm so excited because it's like I said, it's legit one of my favorite, favorite topics. Uh, and I'm sure if you're been in my holistic health genius group or on my IG, you'll see it. Um, it's common. It comes up a lot. I've educated on it a lot, but today is the holistic bitches unfiltered podcast about coffee enemas and fun fact. I've never had a cup of coffee orally in my life ever, ever, ever. And I have absolutely no plans to ever have coffee orally in my life. Um, I'll fuck up coffee culture for you guys for just one second and hate me later, but it's okay. It's for your own benefit. Take it, put it in your toolkit, do what you want with it. But the oral consumption of coffee for me is a hard no. Intuitively, I think I always just knew that because it was never became, it never became a habit for me. Um, one coffee is extremely acidic and acidic in the body is like the best fucking rave you can go to and to host for bad bacteria in the gut. It's basically food. It's in a food environment for parasites. Um, and the more acidic, the harder they party. So that's the first thing. The second thing, it is a diuretic. It's extremely dehydrating. Um, And it also puts the body into what the fuck am I doing fight or flight mode, which means your cortisol levels are going up. Your adrenals are taking a hit. And the first thing it wants to do is find its way out. And most people actually depend on coffee for a bowel movement, which is bizarre. And other people, if they don't have the bowel movement, it's usually a quick urination because like I said, it is a diuretic. So... For me, coffee is just a hard no, regardless of all the stuff there. People say, oh, it's good for you, blah, 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 blah. The benefits of coffee, blah, 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 blah. I call bullshit on it. Um, And if you want to practice the whole anti-aging thing, that's another thing that you want to remove from your diet. And it's so funny to see all this marketing and all these companies coming up with coffees that they put adaptogens in and they just try and like beef up coffee to be good. So 
That's my little shtick on ruining coffee culture for you. I'm sorry, but thank you. And for those of you who are like, I'm absolutely not giving up fucking oral coffee, fine. Put a little bit of baking soda in it. Um, it takes down the, the acid of it by balancing the pH because baking soda is a base. And you can also look for other supplements, let's call them, or supplementary versions of coffee. And um, there's a company called dandy blend or it's called dandy blend this is an alternative there's a lot of new stuff coming to the market for people who want to switch up their daily cup of coffee and don't forget not only is the coffee the bad but it's the milk it's the sugar it's the cream and it's the shit that you load up in your coffee that's a whole other conversation but we're not here to talk about coffee in your cup we're here to talk about coffee in your butt so let's go i'm going to take you through really you know, the purpose, the mechanism, the physiology of it, the benefits of it, um, how to do it so that you can do it. And it's crazy to think that like in New York, people pay a couple hundred bucks to go for a coffee enema. That's insane. You guys, it's so easy to do at home. It's such an easy practice. There's nothing to be nervous about. And of the thousands of people who have gone through my detox program, when we offer and get into the second part of the program where we include coffee enemas, again, the nerves come up, but I've calmed down literally thousands of people who now are successfully practicing it. And they definitely don't feel the same way they felt when they started because of all the benefits. So let's get into it. So yeah, coffee in the bum. I'm not crazy. And they are the real deal. And coffee enemas are a powerful detoxifier. And it's because of the amazing compounds within the coffee that stimulate the liver to produce glutathione S transfees, um, which is a chemical which is known to be the master detoxifier in our bodies. And glutathione binds to toxins. And what they do is that that powerful antioxidant actually breaks apart carcinogens and then helps to pull them out. And a little history is Max Gerson in 1920 um, started using coffee enemas on the front lines of um, military when the when the soldiers were getting injured he figured out to use this to pull out pain and inflammation from the body. And then he founded the Gerson Institute, which is a natural Gerson, uh, a natural cancer therapy for people to use coffee enemas in par in, as part of his program. And they do them up to seven to eight times a day to literally dump those toxins and to produce mass amounts of glutathione. So let's look at the purpose. So like I mentioned, it's not, coffee enemas are not for bowel movements. And I think that's the misconception around them is that it's not designed to move your bowels. Obviously it's going to move your bowels because you're going to have an evacuation and it's going to come out. But the true purpose of coffee enemas are actually designed to cleanse the blood and to clear the liver of toxins. And these toxins occur from normal metabolisms of food, as well as the carcinogen toxins from our polluted environment, drugs, food, water pollutants, pesticides, preservatives, hormones, um, all that stuff that are in, you know, even prescription drugs, um, fluoride. So all those endocrine disruptors that are coming into our body. I mean, there's no way to live a completely toxic free life, no matter how hard you try, no matter how good the air filtration system is in your home, um, because we live in a toxic world. So this is 
the reason. And if you think about it too, it's like basically putting your blood on dialysis. Um, because as we get into the mechanisms of it, when you hold the enema anywhere from three to, um, every three to five minutes, your body is going into a cleansing aspect. So the mechanism is accomplished by increasing the liver's capacity to detoxify toxins in the blood and binding them to the bile and in that process, the liver cleanses itself as it releases the toxic bile into the small, then the large intestine for evacuation. So the entire blood supply circulates through the liver every three minutes. So when you retain it, approximately 12 to 15 minutes or a little bit longer, the blood will circulate four to five times for cleansing. And like I said, it's really similar to a dialysis treatment, but for our blood, um, the water content of the coffee stimulates intestinal peristalsis. Oh my God, peristalsis. Oh my God, I can't even. Peristalsis. <laughs> and it helps to empty the large intestine with the accumulated toxic bile. So coffee enemas are not, again, primarily for colon cleansing, but rather for the liver production of L-glutathione. And if you think about it, L-glutathione is the body's natural defense force. That's our greatest protector. It's our greatest fighter. It's when we get a fever, um, L-glutathione stores go up to fight whatever is attacking our body. And so often people are accustomed to taking something to bring down a fever. But what you do then is you take a hit to the liver and then the liver can't produce that L-glutathione, which is the very thing you need. So that's another little nugget for you. So the physiology of it is that glutathione, again, it's that primary antioxidant that is prevalent in every single cell in the human body. And glutathione is primarily synthesized in the liver where it is abundantly present. Glutathione produces, or rather, well, it produces, but it participates in the leukotriene synthesis, synthesis for our white blood cells. So mobilization and is a cofactor for the enzyme glutathione. Um, the acid in caffeine that's called palmitic acid increases the activity of glutaf glutaf glutathione and it increases it by 600% in the liver and a 700% increase in detoxification in the small intestine. So that I call it GST, the glutathione S transferase. It makes excess free radicals um, water soluble for easy elimination from our cells in the body and blocks and detoxifies carcinogen. So like I said, it literally makes, it breaks apart carcinogens so that it can be eliminated. So the GST binds blur, oh my God, bulimerium, and it's so that they can be eliminated from the liver cells and the liver, the liver then uses glutathione to neutralize the poison. So alcohol, caffeine, medications, nicotine, and they remove them from our blood. The amino acid cysteine is the limiting factor as N-acetylcysteine, or we call it NAC, in glutathione synthesis, ensuring an adequate supply of glutathione helps cleanse the body of toxins and substances. 80 to 90% of the blood that leaves the stomach and intestines, guess where it passes? It passes through the liver. So the blood carries important nutrients to the liver where they're metabolized into substance for vit vitality to life. And in the same way, those toxin substances reach the liver where they are either 
activated or transformed into less toxic derivatives. And glutathione plays a crucial role in the liver's um, biotransformation system. And the biotransformation in phase one, it inactivates the toxin. And in phase two, it makes the toxins water-soluble to bind with bile and be extruded through taking a shit. So that is basically, you know, the ins and outs and the sciencey part of it. But the benefits, it reduces less levels of toxin again by up to 600%. It cleans and heals the colon because it improves the peristalsis. It increases energy levels, it improves mental clarity and mood, it helps with depression, bad moves, that sluggish feeling, it helps eliminate parasites and candida, and I promise you when I first started practicing them, I'll never forget exploding and literally having a fucking toilet bowl fill, like I had just exploded snowflakes, and that was candida. Um, It improves our digestion, it improves bioflow, it eases bloating. We know that it detoxifies the liver and help repair the liver. It can help heal and aid in chronic health conditions. Um, And that paired with a diet, of course, we can never negate diet and I'm all plants. So that's important, but it also helps ease off die off or detox reactions during periods of people who are fasting and juicing and cleansing and healing. And like I said, Gerson, the Gerson Institute it is regularly practiced as part of his protocol for healing cancer patients. Um, so let's just look at the benefits a little bit more clearly, and then we will go into how do you do it. So they're going to clear out trap gunk in your system. So like I say, bye Felicia, certain foods like gums, starches, refined flours, they stick to the colon wall. They're literally like, as you have to consider what you're putting in your mouth, in your mouth, in your mouth, because all of those things have an effect in your body. So coffee enemas will help to clean out impacted waste and food residue without a good clean out You can walk around with literally 20 to 30 pounds of feces and fecal matter literally stuck to the walls and they live in toxic pockets in the liver and the colon and it's kind of nasty. So that's one thing. But I also tell people that prior to doing a coffee enema, you need to take a shit first because that's important. You want to be able to remove that first amount of fecal matter that's right at the pooper hole waiting to come out. We call them turtle heads. So it's important to do it, do an enema, in my opinion, before or after you take your first shit, okay? Coffee enemas may help to eliminate parasites. And I say may because there is much more to cleansing the body of parasites. But struggling with parasites or yeast overgrowth, this is something you can you can easily do at home. So increasing the alkalinity of the small intestine makes it much less hospitable for parasites, bacteria, and yeast. So when we rid the digestive tract of the crap, it helps improve the quality of the floral flora of the intestines. And that's what I said to you, like stop throwing a fucking party for your, for your parasites and your candida. And FYI, everybody has parasites and people get freaked out when I work with clients and they see worms in the toilet. Most parasites are microscopic and you don't see them, but there are, I could send you guys pictures of like massive fucking worms that have been eliminated. And if you're like, Oh my God, that's so gross. I'm like, wouldn't you rather that not in you and have it out of you? So it's important to keep these things in your mind. 
So I talked a bit about how it aids in removing toxins from the blood. So coffee contains a component called the this palmite palmitites and they enhance the glutathione and that's that vital enzyme in the liver and glutathione is responsible for the removal of toxins from the blood it's a major detoxifier and it's a major antioxidant um so unlike when coffee is ingested by the mouth when coffee reaches the colon, it's absorbed directly into the liver through the colon wall. So when you drink coffee, unfortunately, many of its herbal properties, they're completely lost. And that's why doing it in the bum is a whole other world. Um, I mentioned before how drinking coffee has an effect on the adrenals and how it it's not giving our body or putting our body into a into the parasympathetic nervous system of, of rest and digest. It's the opposite when you drink coffee. So coffee enemas aid in relaxing fight or flight mode, or like I said, the parasympathetic nervous system. And this effect is reached by thoroughly stimulating detoxifying the liver and the colon, the removal of toxic waste, and the downward energetic motion. So I also find that there's really an uplifting mood boosting effect as well. And people will tell you they have so much energy after they do a, a coffee enema and no shit because like you're, you're literally dumping toxins and waste. So for sure, you're going to feel lighter. You're going to feel energized. Um, and the caffeine isn't stimulating you the way that it would stimulate you when you drink it. It's a completely different practice. So when we look at yeast in the colon, so many adults' colons are just full of yeast. And a series of coffee enemas can be very beneficial in cleaning out yeast from the digestive tract. It also helps to rub the ab abdomen like during your enema to get the coffee to reach, reach and wash out stuck pockets of yeast and gunk. You want to talk about skin health and repairing it and skin irritations and acne? Well, when the body has trouble eliminating toxins, it finds alternative elimination channels and your skin compensates for this inadequate detoxifying detoxifying of the liver and the colon. And it results in dermal issues ranging from everything from acne, um, psoriasis, eczema. This is your skin's indication to be like, hello, wake the fuck up. You're eating something wrong. Your liver is not, is overburdened and it's not filtering properly. And your bowels probably aren't really working well and we need to do something. So take that knock at the door and start looking at your symptoms. Your symptoms go back to a root cause and that's the problem. Symptoms are so often looked at and then those symptoms are treated, but then you're not hitting the root cause. And different areas of your skin, when you have acne there, it's an indication of a certain system in your body. So you need to pay attention to that. Okay. The next thing is that they do strengthen a mind body connection. And surprisingly, coffee enemas can actually be a form of meditation and body discipline because you're lying down, you're feeling different sensations in your body, and it deepens the intuitive sense between the mind and the body because you truly have to connect to it. So I think those are some of the main reasons as to, you know, why coffee enemas are good, why we can sort of safely practice them and why we don't have to be afraid of them. So I want to kind of talk to you about how to do it because I think that's the most important part. And, um, I recommend that you one, I'll tell you the tools, but, and where to start. So 
how do you do it? So the first thing you'll need to do is you'll have to go over to your friend Amazon or if you have a health store nearby that you like and you want to purchase an enema kit. And the funny thing is, is that the first time I purchased my kit, it comes with two little nozzles. One's like a really short nozzle and the other one's a long one. Well, the long one's for vagina douching and the other one's for the bum hole. So you want to make sure that we use the right tip. So purchase a kit. I like a stainless steel bucket because it is um, medical grade and it doesn't give off toxins like the plastic will. So there are rubber bags. There are silicone bags. I prefer a bucket, just my preference. And I started off with a bag and then I was like really freaked out about the smell and being able to clean a rubber bag. So a bucket is really easy to clean. And um, I like that the material is stainless steel and it's a, it's a medical grade. So you can do that and you can grab that on Amazon. Now, this is where you're not putting your Starbucks, your Tim Hortons or your folders in your butt. It's so important, guys. You must... Think of the concept of what you're doing. You need to have an organic coffee and you want to have a light roast. You can buy the beans whole and grind them yourself or you can buy ground coffee. I personally buy ground coffee. You also want to be mindful when you're buying coffee for a coffee enema. If it says it's not safe for oral consumption, please don't take it because then you're gonna come back and be like, oh, I had such a bad experience, blah, blah, blah. That, there's a reason for that. So you wanna buy a light roast I like Kicking Horse Coffee. It's organic. It's not sprayed with any shit. Um, they test it for mold and all kinds of bacteria. So that is really, really important. So if you have a, like an artisan shop that you like to get your coffee from, just make sure that it is a organic, non-sprayed coffee because you are putting that into your bum hole. So that's the first two things. So, and you can keep it in the freezer to keep it fresh. Um, that's fine. So like I said, you want to do your coffee enemas after a bowel movement so that one, you can retain the coffee for longer and two, it, it, it just makes it easier. And I also always tell people to do a water enema first, warm water, filtered water first so that you can kind of get the sensation of how this is going to feel. And I will talk about it. So again, you want to be doing that after a pooper. But some people don't have time in the morning to do a coffee enema and people are like, well, can you do it at night? You can really do it when it suits you. I've done them at night and I've done them in the morning. And again, I'm not sensitive to caffeine. I've never gotten like a caffeine high or an addiction off of doing coffee enemas. So if you can do it in the morning, great. So that's the first thing. So you need your coffee and you need your bucket. Now you need to make your potion as I call it. So what that means is you want to use a, a pan. No, no, I'm like a pot, a small pot. And the recommendation is three tablespoons of coffee. And if you are someone who is sensitive, start with one tablespoon. If you're really sensitive, start with half a tablespoon, but the goal is three tablespoons of coffee. And, and this is the, the ground coffee. So you're going to put that in a pot. Now I don't fill my pot with a lot of water. I fill the pot with just enough water because I'm impatient and I don't want to let an entire pot of two quarts, um, sit and wait, um, to cool off. So I started just using a little bit of water, enough to boil and enough to absorb the three tablespoons of coffee. You bring it to a boil and then you're going to let it simmer for about 13 minutes. 
And then what I like to do is you can strain it. You don't have to, but if you want to use a cheesecloth and strain the, the, the coffee, you can. But if not, usually when I'm pouring it, the grinds like sift to the bottom anyways, and it's not going to kill me if I get a couple grinds in there. They're going to come out. So you've boiled it. Now you're going to fill it with room temperature water. And it's okay if you want to rewarm it so that it is like a very, is warm, like lukewarm. Guys, you don't want a burning hot coffee up your ass. You will burn everything and that is a hard no. So like baby bottle warm is nice. It's easier to retain a warmer solution than it is a cooler uh, solution. So you're gonna wanna do that. So, you've, so we have our bucket, we have um, our coffee and now we've created the concoction solution that's going to go into the bucket or your bag, whatever you choose. And it's going to be at room temperature or a warmer temperature. That's not hot enough where you could leave your finger in it for five seconds and you're not freaking out. Um, so at this point you've assembled your bucket and your bucket will come with a long, long tube. Usually they're clear. And then there is two ends. One end connects to the bucket or the bag. And the other end is going to be your friendly tip. That's going to be going in your bunghole. And then guys, it's not like this crazy insertion where you're like sticking like 12 inches up your ass. It's a very small tube. Um, and you'll lubricate it with a little coconut oil or castor oil or whatever lube you want to put in your bum. Um, choose something natural and you'll just lubricate the tip and you're going to take yourself to your bathroom until you become a professional. And I do mine in my bed because I'm a professional, but I encourage you to start in the bathtub. And what you're going to do is you're going to insert the tube into the bum and you need to have the bucket higher. So gravity pulls down. So some people hang them. You can, you can put a hook or something and you can hang it. I just hold it up and with one hand I hold it or two hands. So you put your tube in your bum, you lie on your back, you get ready. There is a clamp on the, on the tube. So you unclamp it and you start to let the solution, I call it the solution, the potion come into the body and you will feel the temperature of it entering and go slowly because some people can take an entire bucket and no problem. And other people have to do it in bouts. So it's not painful, but it can be uncomfortable. Like the first time you do it, you're going to feel like you want to explode and shit all over the place, but you are adults and you can do this. So allow the water to come into where you are comfortable and then you can clamp it off, take a few deep breaths, breathe through it, unclamp again, finish the solution. If you're like, Oh my God, I can't, this is too much. That's fine hold the half of you can you can do you could do so you in, insert as much as you can and you can start holding that till you can't and then you'll release it and then you can come back and you can do the other half if you can't get the whole thing in so assuming you do get the whole thing in the best thing to do now so you've you've hung your bucket you've emptied your bucket and now you can remove the tube from your bum and set that aside make sure your clamp is closed or you will have a coffee pool everywhere and you can either stay on your back or you can move over to the right side, which is the side of the liver and the gallbladder. 
and you can kind of stay on on your right side it's just it helps the flow a little bit but if you're more comfortable on your back that's fine do not go on your stomach stay on your back or your side and put a pillow in there get comfortable hang out bring a book bring your phone because the goal really is a minimum of 12 minutes i would never go more than 30 minutes i mean i do 33 minutes because this is the neurotic number i have in my head but 12 to 15 minutes is is ideal and you want to be close to that toilet so breathe through the holding it in because you'll get those cramps it feels like you need to take like a fart and um or that you're going to explode so once you hold that for 12 to 15 minutes then is the fun time you go over to your toilet and you have the best explosion you have ever had in your life and what i encourage you do to do is make sure you're looking in the toilet guys like look what's coming out you want to see what is in the toilet it's really, really, really important. We want to know what's coming out of our bodies. So that's really how you do it. So let's review quickly. You get your bucket, you make your solution, you get to the bathroom, get in your bathtub, or you could do it on the floor, bring a pillow and a towel. You insert your tube, you unclamp it, you allow as much of the solution to enter the body as you can, and then you start your timer of 12 to 15 minutes. Breathe through the little cramps because they won't kill you and you don't need to run to release it. You can hold it. Be stronger than you think. And and then once you release it, that's it. It's finished. It's done. And you've just completed your first enema. And I think it's important to practice this. And you don't have to do it every single day. But you want to start getting into the practice of doing this, maybe doing it twice a week, maybe doing it once a week. But the goal is to start. And once you start, you quickly understand how great you will feel. And it's something that's just part of my life. I mean, I have no shame talking about it. I love how it makes me feel. I love what it's done for my body. I did notice that um, I was still getting a little bit of like adult acne around my chin, which is a hormonal thing. But I find that the coffee enemas really helped to do that. I also had my genetics done and I am missing a copy of a certain gene. I don't know what it's called. It's not like a more familiar one. And when I spoke to uh, the genes responsible for part of detoxification, it's not the MTHFR, it's a different one. And when I spoke with the geneticist, I said to him, I practice coffee enemas. And he said, that's an absolutely fantastic practice, especially for you because you are missing a copy of this gene. So that's just helping to really unburden the body. Um, and especially when you're doing juicing or um, cleansing, it's a really, really good time to do it. Okay. I, you can Google and you can find anything you want to find regarding coffee enemas, but they are a safe practice. And like I said, in the Gerson Institute, some people are doing them up to seven times a day and that's for chronically ill patients. But if you're on a healing or a detox program or cleansing or just maintaining, start practicing them and find a way to fit that in just the same way you'd find a way to exercise. It's not the most absurd 
thing to do. It, it, it might be new to you. The concept might be different to you, but it's definitely a healthy practice. Um, and when you start doing them, like hit me up in my Instagram, hit me up on Facebook, text message me, send me an email and be like, Oh my God, I just did my first coffee enema. And I promise you that you're going to thoroughly enjoy the experience experience and making it part of your, your day or part of your week. It doesn't matter, but just start practicing them. Um, another thing that I want to talk about because I often get questions surrounding, um, the coffee enema. So I just want to go over that, even though I may have touched on a little bit is the best time of day to do them. Like I said to you, you can do them in the morning. You can do them in the evening. You can do them whenever it really is good for you. What I don't recommend doing is doing them after you've had an entire meal and your stomach's full because as the bile comes, that could make you nauseous and it could make you throw up. So that's one thing. If you're feeling sick, like if you have a flu or this thing they call COVID, this is also a good time to practice them if you have the energy to do it. Because again, you're going to pull out all of that, all of those toxins, you're going to flush the gut out. Um, and it makes a difference. The same thing for people who suffer with migraines. During migraines, this is an excellent time to practice coffee enemas because it does pull out pain and inflammation. So that goes for any type of inflammatory condition that you want to do. Another thing that's really, really important when practicing them is making sure that you're one, you're hydrated before. I always drink at least a liter before I do my enemas. And then make sure you're doing that replenishing after and it's cool to add some pink salt or if you want to mix half water half coconut water just to bring back some of the electrolytes that may have been missing and then the question I often get is about should I be doing a probiotic after I mean here's the deal for me with probiotics so probiotics are really tricky they became extremely trendy really heavily marketed and for good reason. However, unless you truly know the strain of bacteria in your gut, you don't really know if the probiotics you're taking are, are, are most likely can be resistant. So unless you've had a stool test and an oats test that's really looking at the different microbiomes in the gut, it's kind of tricky. So if you're absolutely adamant about using probiotics, that's okay. But what I recommend are the following. One, I don't like probiotics that have to stay in the fridge. Why? Because if it has to stay in the fridge to maintain its quality, what's happening when it's going through your body that's definitely not the same temperature as the fridge? That's the first thing. So there's already your body's at a warm temperature. The second thing is, is that it's really tricky. And I know companies have done it to pull out, um, <clears throat> to make, make capsules that make it easier to get through um, the stomach acid, but think about it when it's going through the stomach, it has to go through stomach acid and chances are, um, that it is not going to make it through that environment. It's just too hostile. So I find that the shelf stable ones are better, um, than the ones that have to be in, in the fridge. Um, because of what I just, what I just basically said. Now, if you're going to ask me, well, Leslie, what's your favorite probiotic? Um, I'm going to have to go with, um, it is called, uh, uh, is it Dr. Orchid? Um, yeah, I think it's Dr. Orchid. 
Yeah, that's what it is. It's called it's called orchid probiotic is what is what it's called. And I love it because it sorry, it's Dr. O'Hara. O H H I R A S probiotics. Um I like them because they're fermented for 3 years. I mean the technology around these ones are fantastic and not only that, um the ingredients are really really clean. And it, I believe this is the highest quality plant-based probiotic and they're fermented for three years. They're all natural ingredients. There's 12 different strains of probiotic bacteria. It's not made in a lab with a single culture. And this has been around for a while. I love that it's shelf stable. Um, it, stimu- it simulates the natural production of probiotics. So it's fruits and vegetables are added um, seasonally, um, they to feed the bacteria, which processes that probiotic material, resulting at the end of a three years in a strong and effective probiotic bacteria and what they call probiotic um, metabolites. So he, this this formula has always been my favorite, and I love that. Like I said, it's twelve strains, um, and I think what's important too is like I said, that capsule. So their capsules specifically constructed, constructed, constructed to ensure that the, the contents are delivered to the small intestine in the colon and the unique properties of their capsule together with what's in it and the prebiotics allow the live active probiotic bacteria to stay alive for years at room temperature. So that's what the whole thing with the shelf stable and they work. Um, it's, it's an expensive way and it's the best way to create a probiotic supplement that what they've done. Um, and you have to just check it out what's in there, but remembering that prebiotics feed our own unique bacteria and probiotics help support your digestive health, your immune system. Um, and even occasional constipation if that's what you're having. But it also goes to help adjust the intestinal pH, which reduces inflammation and improves the growth of healthy new cells, lining the GI tract, providing a microbiome renewal. Um, So it's not about the CFU count because um, there are many probiotics with a higher CFU counts, but if the higher CFU counts were the answer, then those probiotics would be super effective. And I find that they aren't. So you can get probiotics with 50, 60, or even a hundred billion CFU per dose. But I question it. I really question it. And when you have something that has 12 strains working together, like they do for their three year fermented process, it feeds your own bacteria, but plus host biotic metabolites to start repairing your microbiome. So if you're going to choose one, that's the one. If you don't want my advice and you want to keep going with whatever you do, um, Clear Labs is a good one. But then just remember to really, truly rotate probiotics so that you're not sticking to one strain. So I digressed a little bit, but it's important if you want to take a probiotic. It's really good to make sure also that you're getting blue-green algaes, chlorophyll. Those are great things to use after um, an enema just to really say thank you, body, for detoxing. Here are a few good treats for you. Instead of acidifying your body, keep things very alkaline because this is the this is the state that the body cannot disease can't thrive in an alkaline state. And that's another reason why I love the coffee enemas. So those are some of the, the, the tips 
I often also get asked, are they painful? And like I mentioned, they're definitely not painful, but they're, they can be slightly uncomfortable because you get those urges to really have to take a pooper. Um, but if you just breathe through it, you're not going to die. You're going to totally, totally be okay. Um, and like I said, it, it's going to serve you in a way that I don't think you quite understand because how could you when you have no clue what this practice is? So I'm going to do a quick, quick recap here and then um, we'll shut her down. So again, Max Gerson, he put coffee enemas on the map. In 1920, he discovered the benefits and the properties of coffee enemas and started implementing them in his healing protocols with cancer patients. And coffee enemas do not, I repeat, do not create the caffeine high that oral consumption does. Contrary to that, it takes our bodies from adrenal overload of fight or flight mode to rest and reset mode. It singles the parasympathetic nervous system, which is responsible for the body's rest and digestion response when the body is relaxed. So the parasympathetic nervous system decreases our heart rate. It decreases, um, it decreases our heart rate and it also increases our digestion. So again, the main properties of the coffee enema, they're going to boost immunity, increase energy, stop yeast overgrowth, help with autoimmune diseases, remove parasites from the digestive tract, remove heavy metals, even from the body. And that's because that L-glutathione breaks down carcinogens and it pulls it out of the body. So eliminating toxins is just as important. Like I said, if not more important than what you are putting in your body and on your body. So coffee enemas aren't expensive. They're extremely easy to prepare and you can do them on your own. Um, it's essential. So I hope again that you're taking away some very great nuggets today. We're remembering no folders in your butt. It's not about that. Make sure you take a shit before you do an enema. Um, and guys, if you're not going to the bathroom three to four times a day, you are fucking constipated. Going to the bathroom and taking a shit once a week, once every three weeks, once every two days is not normal. Two to three times is normal practice. Coffee enemas do not interfere with that. It's not a modality to empty your colon, but it is a practice that will help stimulate and get you going to the bathroom a little bit easier. But I encourage you, if you are not dropping the kids off at school every day and you don't see those deuces in the toilet, you are doing yourself a disservice. Your gut and your health depend on you taking care of it and your health is the number one aspect to vitality. And your gut is the foundation of our health and our being. And if the gut is not healthy, it will eventually manifest into something that is diseased. This is so important. I can't, I cannot drive that message home stronger than that. Your gut is the foundation of your health and your vitality, and you need to pay attention to it and you need to take care of it. So with that, my friends, I am so happy that we just covered this topic. I'm so excited for you to learn about this and to not feel weird about it because that's crazy talk in my opinion. And I leave you and send you out with love, light, healing, and I hope you had a good fucking laugh. And I will be back with the Holistic Bitches Unfiltered very soon with something fun, a good nugget to give, some wisdom to share. I love you all. Thank you so much. 
and stay tuned to the next episode on the Holistic Bitches Unfiltered. Peace out, my friends. Coffee in the bum. Thank you for tuning in to the Holistic Bitches Unfiltered podcast. I hope you got what you came for and you're eager to return for future episodes. My one ask is that you hit the subscribe button and if you could be so kind to leave a raving review. Sending you so much love, light, healing, and inspiration to be a better you. Peace out, friends.